0: Hi, it's Peter Vesey. You're listening to Double Clutch Podcast. Don't believe anything these guys say.
1: Maybe it's a English American thing. It's not
0: an English American thing. In London is NBA. In Africa is NBA. In China is NBA. We America- will.
1: The NBA, the nationwide basketball. National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again. Okay? National Basketball Association. Okay?
0: Thank you. In your opinion. So. It's a fact. Fabulous- you have a growing fan base who of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well.
1: How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right. Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it's struggled to make an impact in the UK
0: you sound skeptical But <laughs> um,
1: well, you see because we're soccer fans I couldn't right.
0: say that I'll get smacked for saying that football fans you we, we it. call it football okay. but, um, I mean springs? it doesn't have any springs in it why does it bounce then? Mm-hmm. it's air there's air in the ball well there's air in the swim how come the swim ain't bouncing? yo man don't play it, yo it's because I was from the UK
1: Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Double Clutch Podcast. I am Matt Smasher, usual host, and I'm joined today by co-founder himself, Mr. Big Andy D. Evening, buddy. So uh, we, we haven't got Bates. I think he said he was at work, and Frankie's probably getting out, out getting pissed. And, uh, and Jay- we're,
0: not, we're not jealous of that at all, are we? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I'm, I'm going out this weekend, so I, I, I've, I worked out over the festive period. I've probably spent about, I don't know, 100. 70 quid in about three nights just going out on the lash and like I've, my wallet is feeling it now that and the fact i bought a ps4 just you, before you, christmas you as well to go to so. cheaper pubs yeah, yeah i do but the cheaper pubs are the <laughs> pubs <laughs> <laughs> i like the good atmosphere so I, and I i drink ale as well which doesn't help because it tends to good be glad it costs more than lager so I find it weird when I'm like the only one drinking ale, and all my friends are drinking well, whatever it is they drink, vodka and coke or some <laughs> like that. So uh, we're going to be covering quite a few random topics from the NBA uh, this week, and we're going to start with a, a, just a little thing that I picked up on. There was an article on Sports Illustrated about the Golden State Warriors and about how they believe they're the most fun team in the NBA, but they also kind of question themselves by saying, "Can the NBA's most fun team also be the best team?" So I thought we'd just kick things off by just debating. I mean, the NBA is a weird one because t. I think I th- my personal opinion is that teams kind of have to be balanced in order to win a championship. So they have to be good on both the offensive end and the defensive end. So their statement was that the Warriors have have turned themselves around defensively this year with the uh, acquisition of Andre Iguodala. They're nineteen and seven when they play with Iggy, and they they've gone up thirteen in the uh thirteen places in the rankings in defensive efficiency this year, which is quite a, a large jump. And they they've they've done things that a lot of teams have struggled to do this year, which is limit teams to shooting less than forty percent. I think Indiana are the only team who've who've limited them uh li- limited the opposition more. So I don't know. What what do you think, Andy? Do you think you need a a, a balance like like I do, or can a kind of a team like the Golden State Warriors that is known for its High, high scoring, you know, offensive basketball win, win a championship.
0: I don't think Golden State can purely because th- they are too offensively minded. You know, it, it's the same reason I don't see the Clippers winning a championship anytime soon because it's all highlight real material. It, it's a case of you see everything that's great on the offensive end, but not the defensive end. So you're right when you're saying you need to look at, um, a, a balanced team in, in order to win a championship. Look how much people rag on the spurs for being boring and unflamboyant, but then look at how successful they've been of late. So yeah. if, you, if, if you look at the, the core and the defensive straight laced played basketballs, get down and do your job. No, no, your set pieces. That's what win your championship, don't get me wrong. I would much rather watch golden state, playing at the moment because they are fun because they are so athletic and the energy that that team has got at the minute is sensational and for a fan of basketball it's great to watch seeing a gritty performance like the spurs did last night with the grizzlies shows you that you're a hardcore basketball fan because it wasn't pretty in any way shape or form (laughs) it was a gritty gutsy two points up, two points down, 10 points up, 10 points down type game. There was nothing that got you out of your seat or had your heart pounding like you get with the Golden States and the Clippers, etc. So you're right. You're spot on that you need good balance to be able to win a championship.
1: The Clippers are waiting for that moment where Andrew Bynum is their savior.
0: <laughs> it, do you know what? I I think he he probably could be I would rather see him go to the Clippers. It, it might be a good idea to talk about that trade um, just now, actually. I'd rather see him go to the Clippers than go to the Heat.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, that's that's an interesting one because I think by because obviously what happened during the week is he was he was traded from Cleveland to Chicago, who then waived him. So I think that cleared like 14.2 million off their cap. So Luol Deng, our very own Team GB mascot went the other way and um he actually there was news that he uh, rumored to have rejected a, a three-year 30 million dollar extension with the Bulls so he obviously wasn't feeling uh playing in Chicago anymore so he got out and uh was traded to to the Cavaliers he hasn't played as of yet but we will see him pretty soon I have no doubt so it's, it was an interesting trade I mean everyone knew that the Bulls were just going to you know clear off the the Bynum contract as soon as they could and um Cleveland gave away a hell of a lot of draft picks, you know, to get Lowell Deng So it'll be interesting to see if he decides to re up and sign with them at the end of the year because he will go into uh, he will have the chance to opt into free agency. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I I think th- let's just talk Deng quickly. I mean obviously he's the most famous British player in in the NBA. Um what do you think the impact he's gonna have on the uh, Cavaliers is going to be?
0: I, I think he's going to give them a, a solid presence because Bynum for as, as good a player as he is. And, you know, he's an athletic big seven footer, you know, that's difficult to fill that gap. But when you're injured, you're not playing. So they're already doing that at the minute. So from, from Deng's point of view, he's not new. He's been in the league 10 years. He knows what's going on. He's got his playoff experience. And I'm reckoning they, the Cavaliers pulled him in for a playoff run. And I can legitimately see them. I I can't see them getting to the finals personally, but I can see them having a good run in the playoffs because of that as an acquisition. The one thing I don't get about this whole trade from the Bulls is, granted, you've mentioned they've got um, some lottery picks, which is great to have that. Rose is injured. You don't really have a standout player at the minute. So you get in Bynum. Could he be that standout player? I doubt it very much. But you waive him. You don't even play him. You have no interest. So what you've done is effectively shipped out a player from your roster. And for this season, have got nothing in return for it. Mm. Because, granted, they cleared off the salary. But they were still one of the highest salary payers in the league so they they can't get anybody in with the the money they're saving so effectively they've given away a player and I I don't see the the business reason or even the sort of sports reason behind you getting Bynum and then waving him straight away
1: I think I think it's an attitude problem with Bynum I think he's just got all that baggage that comes with him so you know, the second Chicago picked him up, they were just like, right, let's get rid of him before he causes any more problems. I mean,
0: well, would you rather have a stroppy player on the on the bench that you can pull to, and he'll go out and do a job, as opposed to, you know, what we could really do with a seven footer right now, and having a spare seat. It's, yeah. Is that part? I don't quite understand the, the basketball reason behind waving him because well, i not getting I, anybody in. I don't think he fits into that whole
1: Tom Thibodeau's sort of mindset of how to play basketball. He's not, he's not this rough and well, he used to be, but he's not anymore. He's not this rough and ready, you know, center. who's going to go out there and get you a double double at night, which is what the, the bulls probably need at the moment with, with Rose out. And they're, they're in a rebuilding phase at the moment. I mean, we, I think we discussed it a few weeks ago that, you know, they don't really know what they're, they're doing with their organization because their whole season kind of relied on Rose. And, we all said it at the start of the year, if Rose goes down, what do the Bulls do because they lose their primary they lose their primary scorer and then they don't really have anything around it, so they went out and got d j augustine he's actually looked okay, but he's not you know he's no replacement for for Derek Rose, he was an mVP once. so but then if you think about it, Deng has been their secondary highest scorer, and now they 've traded him deng's carried the team this for yeah. a lot of the games this season, and I think that's probably why. Well, I don't don't know if he was unhappy, but if he did reject this three year, 30 million extension that they offered him, then he he was obviously having issues. Maybe he just wants to get, you know, on a contending team. So Cleveland probably appeared to him as being that contender. I mean, you can't, you can't knock him for wanting to join a team that's got Kyrie Irving, Dion Waiters, Anderson Farageau, you know, Tristan Thompson, all these guys on. And he's going to fit right in there. And I guarantee you he'll add probably at least. 15 to 20 wins to that team this season just on the way he plays and then if he wants to stay if they do make the playoffs and they make a you know they make a decent run then he might opt in and stay but if he doesn't he doesn't lose out he can go wherever he likes and you know he's he's had destinations all over the place so it could be could be an interesting year for Luol Deng but it's that's good to see a British basketball player just you know grabbing some highlights over there because the only other one we really have who gains anything at the moment is Joel Freeland for what he's been doing over in Portland and he's been pretty impressive this season but he's nowhere near the all-star that um Deg well, is so it's, it's an interesting trade but I think whoever's going to pick up Bynum is you know they're taking a risk but let's face it the guy won two championships with the Lakers he can play basketball they just need he just needs someone to give him the confidence back that he's lost and the problem he has is he wants a He doesn't want a minimum salary contract. He wants something bigger and a lot of the teams won't offer him that. I think Dallas were interested in him, but they said they'd only offer the minimum for him. Then you've got Miami. You know, Pat Riley is always thinking of things to do. So, I mean, Miami for me is the most natural fit. I mean, we talked about the Clippers briefly, but Miami is a natural fit because they gambled on Greg Oden, who we haven't really seen this season and, you know, Bynum can come in and he can play. We've seen him play this year and he was looking okay. He wasn't, you know, a double-double, a night guy, but he was bringing production for the Cavs off the bench. So if they can get him into a championship team with a winning mentality, something that he's been around before, I think he could turn himself around. And that then helps counter the paces, because the paces are so big in the
0: East. I think you're right. I don't want to agree with you, purely because it's the heat, right? But he's the type of player that he's not a leader. I think that was what his his main problem was before he got traded, is that they would look to him as this all-star caliber player, which we all know that he was, as being the focus point. And he's not that type of player. He doesn't have that personality. I think he's going to be a great bench player. He's going to be a fantastic squad player for who... Whoever picks him up, and you're right, he would be an excellent fit for the Heat. I don't personally think the Heat can afford him because of what you were saying, that you know he's thinking he's still an all-star caliber player and wanting an all-star salary to go along with it. So that's why I'm thinking the Heat may not be the best option from, from that point of view. But he may decide to take a pay cut to go and win another ring. You, you never know. Yeah. Clippers... I don't know how much salary space they've got. He would be, I think he would be a good fit in there as well. But the way that their two big men are playing at the minute with the Clippers, he wouldn't really get a look in. You know, he would come on just so the guys could get a rest. You know, DeAndre Jordan has been, I have you seen the dunks from this week?
1: Yeah, when he absolutely posterized uh, Chris Humphreys. Uh, not, no, that was Blake Griffin,
0: I, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the the other one that I was thinking of is um, he, he dunked over the top of um, Big Baby Davis and it was just so hilarious to see <laughs> him pulling his infamous dunk face. It's like, yeah, you know that. So th- those two, they're owning that particular area. I think what Bynum brings is a solid seven-foot defensive player. So I could maybe see the Clips picking him up and if they're needing just to close out the last few minutes of a game dropping either Jordan or, or Griffin bringing on Bynum and purely just playing him as a defender
1: I think that is you make a really good point there and I think Doc Rivers is probably the only coach out of all the teams we mentioned that could get something out of him because well for me at least Doc has got a history of coaching you know, troublesome centers. I mean, we go back to Boston, you look at like, you know, Kendrick Perkins and people like that. He, he was never this all star caliber center, but he came in and did a job. And in, was it two, I think it was 2008, Perk start, you know, I think it was his second year in the league or something like that. And he came in and he played big minutes in the uh, NBA finals and helped contribute to, you know, the Celtics regaining an NBA championship. And then again, a few years, a few years later, they had, the same issues where he was out of one of the games and everyone, you know, said that was the the reason that they couldn't get past the Lakers that year. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I think the I think the Clippers could get the most out of him, but I think Miami is the natural fit. I mean, I, I wouldn't discount Dallas. I think that if he goes to Dallas, he gets to play alongside Dirk. He might get a bit more minutes than he would get anywhere else. So maybe he could get himself back into shape. But
0: I think the only thing with run. Dallas is Dallas aren't going to be a playoff team. No, they're not going to be a playoff team. So does he want too much? <laughs> it, it, that, well, that's the thing. You know, he needs to think about: Do I want money? Well, everyone loves money. <laughs> but uh, I think with him coming back from the injuries that he's had of late, he his focus should be getting minutes, yeah. getting numbers, making himself look appealing because. Granted, he could he's going to become a free agent, depending on what happens, depending on who he signs with, for how long, etc. He could be playing for a bigger contract come the offseason. So I think his main focus should be, right, I need to make myself look appealing to all the mass markets. I need to be playing minutes, and he shouldn't care who he's playing for as long as he's getting those minutes.
1: Yeah, it is a really strange one because like we saw him in Philly. He didn't do anything in Philly, but then he's got all his pedigree of what he was like when he was at the Lakers. So everyone knows what he can do. It's just whether he wants to put his mind to doing it. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think the, the winner of the trade was undoubtedly Cleveland. The, the, just getting someone like Lual Deng is just, you know, that's a franchise changing trade for them and that'll make a huge difference. But the picks that went the opposite way are going to have a big impact on the future of the Chicago Bulls because they acquired the rights to the, uh, what would have been the Sacramento Kings first round pick, um, which is a top 12 protected in 2014. And then they got another couple of picks and then some second round picks as well. So they got, I think, four or five picks in total from the, uh, the Cavaliers who they'd acquired over the last few years because obviously the Cavs were in a rebuilding phase as well. So, It's an interesting one for Chicago. I mean, how do you think they really carry on now, considering they did just wave Bynum and you know wipe him off the slate completely?
0: They're going to struggle. I can't think of anybody now who can step up to the plate and be a game changer for them. There was rumors of Melo. Like I don't know where
1: they came from, but like you know, rumors of bringing him in somehow making a trade for him. Bringing him in and having him carry the team through this year, and then hope that Rose comes back, and then you've got a foundation to build upon when Rose is back. But I don't know. Derek Rose is is the the enigma here, really, because he could be great, he could be bad. You know, there's no real way of of knowing. It's not like he's it's not like he came back and really impressed us this year, is it? So it's gonna be it's gonna be. He was starting
0: to, and then he hurt himself again.
1: Yeah, poor guy. But like, opening night, yeah, I don't think he, he didn't look amazing opening night, and that would have been the one game I thought he'd have been really fired up for, so. Okay. Then he went and won the game the next night against the Knicks, didn't he? So, so it's a weird one. Um, so, just focusing on trades and stuff quickly again. <laughs> this is an amusing one. Um, one, anon- one anonymous NBA executive has said, only an idiot would trade for J.R. Smith. Do you agree with this, Andy? <laughs>
0: 100 percent yes <laughs> how, how many times have, have we said one minute how well J. R. smith has been playing only for the next week to follow up and say oh my god what was he doing because he is so hot and cold it is unbelievable just when you think he's doing everything right he goes and does something stupid like what this particular one is you know who would want to try and untie opposite teams' <laughs> players' shoes on the court in front of everybody and the cameras and get caught? I mean, that's just stupid. Who, who thinks of these things? But when you find out it's J.R. Smith, it's like, yeah, okay, I can actually see him doing that. Yeah, Marion didn't look too impressed in that Dallas game the other
1: night, and then he went and tried it on again with, uh, I think it was Andre Drummond of the uh, Pistons. And Drummond just sort of moved his foot out of the way and shrugged him off, which I thought was really funny. But he's been fined $50,000 for, for untying people's shoes, which is a little bit stupid. And, um, it's an interesting point to bring up you know, is that schumpert has been playing really quite well recently. He's been stepping up to the plate after all those trade rumours of him going for Kyle Lowry in Toronto. So, I don't know. I, I think they'll, they'll try their best to trade him, but I don't think anyone's going to end up taking him. He's a huge gamble. He's a sort of gamble that Nate Robinson would have been a couple of years back. Nate went from team to team to team, like over four or five years. He was on a different team every season. And I think he's a, he's a similar sort of gamble. And I don't think he brings the sort of production that Nate Robinson seems to be bringing now. So Nate got himself that multi-year deal in Denver because of what he did for the Bulls last year in the playoffs. And the Bulls are really missing someone like that this year. So I don't know. Maybe JL Smith could fill in some scoring at the, uh, at the Bulls but they'd be really really bad they'd have to cope with their um with his crazy offensive shooting by uh, being yeah, ultra, his, by being
0: ultra good on defense <laughs> his his uh, shot selection isn't the best i have to admit but you're right with you know comparing comparing him to Nate Nate really had a solid season with the Bulls and was almost like a, a new player yeah. if that makes sense you know we, we knew the skills, we knew what he could do, but out with that, it was just, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get any given night.
1: I really like Nate. I mean, he's such a, you know, everyone damns him. And I know like, we've been on podcasts before last year when Frankie is, you know, Frankie's been quite down on him, doesn't want him on the team, but he definitely helped Chicago a lot last year. And they wouldn't have been the team that they were without him. So it, he he's definitely bringing stuff to and Denver, you know, Denver are playing all right. So, could be a could be an interesting acquisition for them but
0: uh, i've been the, a fan of him for a while the, i think the funniest thing i ever saw is he won a dunk contest <laughs> well not not so much because he won a dunk contest being kryptonite and dunking over um dwight howard superman but the one thing i remember is um the, the celtics playoffs runs a few years ago it was uh kendrick perkins and mini kendrick perkins because he, <laughs> he had the same haircut grew the same coat he and know for that is, that's brilliant. That just shows you the sort of personality that he's got. But that was during his sort of wild days, as as we yeah. were just talking. He's he certainly has mellowed a bit and, and calmed down. And he, I think he's going to be a key player for the Nuggets for the next couple of years. I I can see him settling down there for, you know, longer than a season. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah. So the NBA is a bit of a turbulent um, league at the moment, or this year,
0: this season at least. We've had so much
1: so many injuries and we've had point guards going down left right and center you know just a lot of weird things going on so we're going to discuss the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves because they were the BT Sport game um last night which would have been what Wednesday night so they uh, took on the Phoenix Suns and that was on BT Sport over here in the UK and um yeah they they threw away a lead and they had what i thought looked quite a comfortable lead because they were playing quite well and um yeah they just sort of blew it in the fourth quarter really gel green hit a game-winning jumper with a couple of seconds to go um and then kevin Martin missed a game-winning layup which was a really really bad shot like i don't know how the how he was allowed to take it should have gone to kevin love but you know that's a that's a different question so you've seen the timberwolves first hand this season or yep. last year and last year i should say <laughs>
0: um, or still this
1: season though eh? well yeah still this season but um what do you think is next for, for Kevin Love? Because he went ballistic, I think it's quite safe to say, after that game and uh, had some quite harsh things to say about two of his teammates and it's been um, confirmed since that he was actually talking about J.J. Barria and uh, Dante Cunningham. So, not a happy dressing
0: room in Minnesota. No, he he is the, the face of the franchise and he's, I personally think... Angry he's face. Probably, <laughs> he's probably one of the top five most rounded players in the league if you think about it how many centers can you think of that are so efficient from three-point range you know he's he's got his i think he's probably the best center in the league at the minute you know i know it's a bit of a bold statement and i might be gushing a little bit just because of who he is and where he plays but he He's the driving force with that team. I know that we've ragged on Rubio a, a number of times on this particular show. He hasn't been the player that anybody wants. And whether or not Santa gave him a jump shot for Christmas, we don't know. We'd like <laughs> to see him get that, but you never know. That it, it was watching them completely annihilate the 76ers um, two days prior to the way they just fell apart in the last two minutes against Phoenix. Now, granted Phoenix have been on a bit of a run and have been pulling out a lot of the stops in the fourth quarter in some of their recent results. So I wasn't too surprised to see Phoenix coming back, but I'm more surprised at the way the Timberwolves just gave everything away. It was, I think they rely too much on love. Um, so from from that, what I'm meaning is is nobody's really hustling, with the exception of of Pekovic. He seems to be the only guy. Oh, Peke's a beast. He is. Oh, you should see him in the flesh, mate. He scares. Oh dear. They, they rely too much on on love, and when when that happens, when he can't cover all of the floor, and he's quite right to go through and criticize teams, uh, his his players for. Poor shot selection, bad defense, bad positioning, not running the correct sets. And I, you would expect that of any franchise player to go in and do that. And I think he's got the respect that he deserves in that particular locker room. And I wouldn't see that, wouldn't be surprised in seeing him come out against Charlotte in the next game and come out with a comfortable, resounding win and see a little bit of that hopefully they don't do it against the Spurs next week you know I'd like to see that fizzle out <laughs> just purely a personal reason um <laughs> but yes, yeah, I, I think we're gonna see some wholesale changes in in the team the way that that love is reacting because you're right you know we all touted me especially that they would be a playoff contender this season and at, at the minute they're not so f- from that you know I think they're I think they're, what, 10 games back, something like that, or two games off eighth, if we put it in that perspective. So it's going to be difficult for them. And I, these silly losses, the, these sort of collapses in defense in the last couple of minutes of the game. It That's could the thing, happen. they've done that 10
1: times Ten times this season. They've
0: lost by four points or less. Well, there, there we go. You know, you, you convert that into 10 wins, and in the West, they could quite comfortably be in, and you know, top four. They would be top four, yeah. Yeah. So I, I could if if they don't make the playoffs, I'm. I don't think Kevin Love's the type of player to push for a trade, but he he will probably go down a similar route of Garnett. There's only so much that you can do, yeah. carrying a franchise before you realize, you know what. Enough's done enough. I've given a lot of blood, sweat, and tears for this franchise. I now need to look after me for a change. So I don't see it happening immediately unless they get a ridiculous trade offer from somebody. But I wouldn't be surprised if he saw out his contract and went to a championship-winning team. I would love to see him go to San Antonio when Tim Duncan retires.
1: I was then going to ask you, what do you think about the comparisons between the two? Because I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's like a top. 10 player in the league but in terms of power forwards in in the league i think he might just be the best if not tied with tim duncan but we all know how tim duncan's getting old i think kevin love is the the successor to what timmy duncan is and he's gonna be you know make no mistake about it, he's gonna be a franchise player for whoever he plays for for at least the next eight or nine years i mean he's 25 at the moment He's been in the league a while. He's had two all-star appearances and uh, he holds the only record for um, the longest streak of consecutive games recording double figures and rebounds. And, uh, that's actually, this, that's since the NBA and ABA mergers. So he's the only guy to have got that ever. And no one else has come, uh, has come close to that really. And the guy was a fifth overall pick for God's sake. He's, he's turned into somebody that. If I had to start a franchise with, I'd probably put him on the list of being mm-hmm. somebody who I could who I could build around. If I was doing a a fantasy draft now, and you know LeBron James was taken, Kevin Durant was taken, Kevin Love might you know would probably be a third pick or or near enough a third pick. He's I think he's a real talent, and for Minnesota to keep him is going to be their biggest thing. Are they are they a destination for free agents? I mean, you, you've been you've been there, you know what the place is like. Is it is it a place people would want to come and play, or does it just not have the atmosphere that I don't know Miami or the, uh, Los Angeles or New York or something like that has?
0: It it does have the the atmosphere. I think that the cities, the twin cities, have a a fantastic nightlife and everything that's that's around there. The the only problem is of where it is you know we know how bad the weather for those guys are is for them at the moment you know minus 27 degrees celsius Mm. (laughs) it's absolutely ridiculous over there at the moment And, and i think when it comes to free agencies you know depending on who the free agent is they'll either want to play with somebody like kevin love or they'll want to go to a party town like new york or miami regardless of players that are there or what they can get on any sort of given franchise you know i would see new york and both teams actually in new york being better destinations for free agents at the minute even though they're playing badly yeah. overall and have had horrific seasons granted the the nets are streaking at the minute um they that because of the city it would be a better fit but if you're going for basketball reasons then the timbals would be a fantastic fit for for most free agents.
1: I think it's it's funny mentioning um, Brooklyn and New York because Kevin Love is the sort of player who'd go into somewhere like New York and he'd already probably get sort of a legendary status just for you know just for choosing them over someone else. So he'd go in and he could he's a player who could turn a team around if he was playing with someone like Melo. I think he could turn a team around. But then again, we've seen that Amare and Melo didn't really work. So whether or not they'd be able to adjust around each other is is a different question. But he's a player who I think teams could be... Uh, there's got to be a team out there at the moment that's thinking, hang on, he looks pretty disgruntled. He's fed up with the t- the guys he's playing with. We should go in and try and get him. And It's, it's a really interesting one because he played for a big college. He played for UCLA. So he knows what it's like to have... Heaps of pressure, pardon. He, play, he played with Russell Westbrook, didn't he? So
0: uh-huh.
1: he's he's a, he's a standout player, and I really hope that he can sort something out. And if he, I think the Celtic comparison that you made about the Kevin Garnett trade is an interesting one, because if he could partner up with somebody who maybe hasn't achieved something before, with, and you know sort something out there, then he could make a team a contender. He could make Minnesota a contender if they could just add. One, you know, one more piece of of you know all star caliber player. Luau Deng would have been a really interesting fit, actually, but that's a, that's a different question for a different. I, time. I
0: don't think I don't think Minnesota need a Luau Deng. I think they need a Chris Paul. We're saying that every the team po- they need a point guard Paul. who can pass, probably. Um, well, no, Rubio's good at passing, but the problem is that's all, he, <laughs> that's all he can do is is pass and pass and and pass and, and dribble and then pass them more. <laughs> Michael, um, Conley. Michael Conley on this Wolves team would make them a playoff team. Quite possibly, yeah.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt.
0: <laughs> and, and if, you know, even if J.J. Barrett gets his act together and plays as well as what we've seen in play historically in Dallas, for example, then, you know, that's part of the reason why Kevin Love went through him the other night. Because he's not playing how good he can be.
1: They are a really interesting team, Minnesota. They've just got... Like, Peck is a really, really great player. They, they've got great He's talent. He's very
0: underrated. Yeah, very they've very got underrated.
1: huge talent in that front court. Kevin Martin's been pretty good for them this season. And Ricky Rubio is the only one that is really... you know, He's the, letting the, them down. The one you'd question. So, if they could work in a trade for a, a point guard who's a little bit more on it than he is and who can score the ball, then they'll be a really interesting... Team, but like Jalen Rose, throughout rumors of you know at the end of uh, Love's contract, he ends up flying over to Los Angeles to like team up with Westbrook, who would get fed up playing in Oklahoma because they wouldn't get anywhere with him and Durant on the same team. But I don't know, it's it's a fantasy world. But Kevin Love's a a top five player in the league for me right now. He's just the, the his production just
0: speaks for itself. Yeah, you're right. And, and he would fit and change any team, you know, even as well as the, the heat of playing. You substitute Bosch, put in love, you know, that's a bigger three in my opinion. Could you imagine someone like Kevin Love on Phoenix? No. (laughs) No. Not, not They're they're too quick for him. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Don't get me wrong. I, I think he would play very well with Dragic. Because well they he, want they want a
1: star they've come out and said they would like a star this year and if they can get a trade for it then they're more than willing to give up the pieces for one so
0: yeah it it's what they would give up though you know Sons have just re-signed Barbosa on a ten-day deal I think it is and yeah. you know that shows you how desperate they are getting
1: that's because Bledsoe just you know Bledsoe's the, that team right now they didn't look great without him last night so <clears throat> just as I coughed myself today. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Spurs are a really interesting one, though, because that's the sort of market I think Kevin Love would really thrive. He's, he seems to have a very similar personality to Tim Duncan, which is, uh, I think what you were trying to get at. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I was getting at. Um, maybe if you could fit in with someone like, you know, like a young Manu Ginobili or, you know, sort of someone along those lines, and you add a point guard like Tony Parker to the mix, it just, uh, throws up all sorts of questions. <sighs> the joys of the- <laughs> basketball. <laughs> Well, I saw a because uh, uh, the, the love thing's been a uh, god. That sounds like a really bad advert. Um, the love stuff has been
0: really interesting. Do, do you know what? See, uh, in Minnesota, on the local TV, TVs, there that is an advert. Um, <laughs> I can't quite remember what it was, but it's. Um, is that the Ricky it, Rubio love dial thing? Is it? No, no. It's um. It's like I can't. You know, it could be anything. You know, like a cough or <laughs> – or paracetamol but um, it, was to, it was to the tune of um, the Beatles and the punchline was all you need is love and then Kevin Love turned up. <laughs> anyway, onto this tweet that I saw, someone put, could the Celtics be a possible
1: suitor? Well, we obviously mentioned that a minute ago and he, uh, the, the trade worked out as Boston give up a 2014 first round pick, and they give up Jeff Green, Kelly Onnick, um Avery Bradley and Jared Sullinger for Kevin Love. It's an interesting one because that's a lot of young talent that Boston would have to send back to get love in the first place.
0: That That is, and I, I think that might be good for the Celtics. I don't necessarily see that being good for Minnesota, um, but oh, how good would a love and Rondo partnership be? Oh yeah, that'd be super. Ooh, that would be sick. Be-
1: one of the best passing point guards in the league, or, or at least when he's fully fit, he will be, so could be really interesting and it looks like the Pacers are completely out of making any moves for anybody so mm-hmm. Rondo uh, oh, Rondo and Love you're just giving That's us a wet dream right there
0: in, in <laughs> fairness the one thing I like about that more than anything is it would make the East a little bit more interesting because it's a bit it's unbalanced at the moment <laughs> yeah, yeah I think that that would be you know from a basketball standpoint that would be good and the fact to see what what Rondo and Love could do together oh they'd make lovely babies <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, New York haven't managed to turn around their season, so they could be the sort of team that comes in and makes some sort of crazy move for someone like Kevin Love. But you know, it's an interesting one. I know Frankie was throwing out all kinds of trade rumors last week, so we'll uh, we'll. That's
0: start. what Frankie does best. He does uh, do he, that best. As much as as we you know we poke fun at him being the the double clutch trade monster that he is, he did say that Chicago would be good getting rid of Deng a few shows ago. <laughs> So he's got one one right out of his hundred and fifty predictions. <laughs> so uh, moving on, just just to round it
1: off quickly, because um, we get we will we'll be at the end of the show. The NBA is in London next week, the sixteenth of January, which is Thursday night, I believe. Um, the O two hosts a regular season NBA game, which is a. Awesome. So the, the Hawks are playing the Nets. Uh, just, uh, I want to get your thoughts on that one quickly. Is it going to be an interesting game for British fans to watch
0: live? Uh, not as interesting as it probably could be the fact that Darren Williams is injured. Um, I think that the saving grace that, that we've got is they're not the best teams that we could pick for. Carl However, Porter. Atlanta are playing well. Yep. And funnily enough, of late, uh, Brooklyn's been playing well as well. Yeah, Brooklyn Uh,
1: won four in a row.
0: And not only have they won four in a row, they beat Golden State as well. And
1: they beat beat the Thunder as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, not two easy teams to beat there. So I I think it's going to be a a good game, but it could have been better if, you know, as as much as he's not playing, Darren Williams is, is sensational to watch.
1: Well, we'll get to see Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. We're going to get to see a lot of uh, All-Star talent. There's bound to—I bet there's going to be a lot of Celtics fans in the house. Oh yeah, a lot of—well, uh, I don't know—are they bitter? I don't think they're bitter, but there'd be a lot of a lot of Boston fans in the uh, house that night for uh, the uh, the game between those two. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think, like you said, the Hawks are playing quite well at the moment. Um, Kyle Corver's still on his crazy three-point shooting streak, so it'd be interesting to see if he can carry it. Across the pond and keep it going. And if he doesn't keep it going, then it's well, actually it's the Brits' fault. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. But Brooklyn have crawled themselves back into a playoff spot. So it'll be interesting to see where they end up at the end of the season. I think, I think we all had them in the playoffs, didn't
0: we? So hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Just, they just not as well. low down as, as what they'll probably end up finishing.
1: Yeah. The, the East is bad. It's just, uh, let's not talk about the East anymore. Anyway.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a late Cleveland push now that they've got Deng. Where do you think they could end up? At best, seventh.
1: At best, do you think they? Does the Deng trade make them better than Washington, or Chicago, or Charlotte, or Brooklyn? Yeah,
0: better, it, it's, it's a tangible measurement that is. You know, <laughs> uh, have they got a? Yeah, I know the Raptors are better without Rudy Gay. Who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. You know. It, it's difficult how you define better. You know, if you look at on paper, you, you would, you would see Brooklyn challenge in Miami, mm. you know, but fact is basketball is not played on paper. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. know, Frankie, Frankie and Matt wish it was.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so better, I, better, I don't know. More, more solid and more fluid, quite possibly, but he, he's only just in as much as he's, you know, the player that we, we all think he is, and know that he is. Is whether or not he's going to fit in and, and, and know the routines and know the picks, etc., to to be able to be effective straight away. But I'm I'm reckoning an, a 8 spot for Cleveland. I'd go out on a limb and say that. Cool.
1: I think the trade really. I think it's a really interesting trade to have at this point in the season. I think it could mix things up quite interestingly, uh, interestingly in the Eastern Conference.
0: Right, and just before we uh, close out. One thing that we don't normally talk about on the show too much is is fan involvement. We we talk about the the atmosphere and how passionate the crowds are. Um but one thing in particular this week uh tickled me. Um and that was between the Jazz and the Thunder, which, oddly enough, the Jazz won, even with Kevin Durant, um what was it, forty eight points he got? Forty eight points in yeah. a loss. In a loss. Right. Um but the that that wasn't the highlight of that particular game, Durant's performance. It was a fan's performance. Now,
1: <laughs> I didn't notice
0: this. <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Matt. And you know, and it's, it's it's not something that that crops up. We all know that everybody behind the basket bangs, waves flags, jumps up and down, does star jumps to to put players off. <laughs> this guy Ooh. took it to the next level. He had a basketball sort of mask and every time a player was taking a free throw he would throw it up at the backboard now with it being glass and it looking like a basketball you could see it putting players off and every time he done it you, with the exception of kevin durant because he's just awesome they missed so then the uh, the coach comes on he complains about it the referees point to the fan and say right you can't throw your mask up anymore So instead of throwing his mask up anymore, he has a traffic cone. (laughs) So he starts hurling abuse through the traffic cone, and then when the free throws are being made with that, he throws that up in the air to distract them. (laughs) I think that's taking supporting your team a little bit too far. You know, that's almost like throwing things at penalty takers in football or um, pointing the old laser fingers at them. I just think that's taking supporting your team a little bit too far. You know, get... Get your traffic cone out and hurl abuse out of it. Fine, but don't throw it up in the air behind a glass backboard to put the player off. I think that's a little bit uncalled for. But but what are your thoughts? Funny to watch, but I just, I think it's a step too far personally. I gotta admit, I missed this and
1: uh, you mentioned it just before we, so we started recording and uh, I went and watched the video and I can't believe you got away with it. I don't, I, I, can we not eject fans in this league? You know, just get him out of the building completely. Or is he, cause he's got courtside tickets, does he get special privileges to, uh, throw random p- objects at the backboard?
0: I don't know. Well, certainly when I had my courtside tickets. Did d- do you have privileges t- to t- throw things at the backboard? <laughs> no, they, they didn't give me anything to throw at the backboard and there was nothing on the small print oh, so, uh, Yeah. May- maybe I need to get them, um, in Utah.
1: Maybe that's what this guy is like. Maybe he's one of these really anal people who just goes through all the small print of everything and finds out what he can and can't do and then does what he can do. Yeah, so so cool. he turns up at a basketball arena with a fake basketball, blows it up and then throws it at the backboard. I don't know. It's an interesting one. We'll see if it happens again. Obviously, Utah are really bad at the moment, so maybe that's sort of a little bit of cheer for them. I
0: don't know. Yeah. But it, well, is, think- it is taking the biscuit a
1: bit. I get your point.
0: Yeah. You know, we're talking about it. I'm sure uh, the, we won't be the only one. So... He's achieved his objective, got his 15 minutes of fame and uh, hopefully doesn't do it anymore. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. I just thought it was something you don't see every day uh, and it'd be worthwhile talking about.
1: Yeah, there might be another game between those two. I I think they play each other four times this season. I think they've already met twice in Utah, but the the next couple of games could be interesting between the two of them. I I hope Durant... Uh, throws the ball, does a bullet pass that is so hard it knocks this dude out. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> the Durantula gets him. about
0: fan involvement, um, did you see what Bron done to a fan? Didn't he kiss some woman? Yeah, yeah. He he, he stopped for a pose at court side. <laughs> um, woman took the picture and then he gave her a kiss and walked away. I was like, oh, <laughs> Awesome. That's like the classic
1: Kobe one of where he's like mouthing off to Spike Lee or whoever it was. I know Reggie Miller mouthing off to Spike Lee like watch this I'll make this and he makes the three and he makes like four more afterwards as well.
0: Ron's Just, done that as well at, um, I think it was Spike Lee in in the garden.
1: He's the sort of guy who really would annoy you. He's the he's the person at the football match who's got you know the air horn and won't stop firing the air horn. I went to the Fulham Norwich game the other day and we had we had a kid sitting behind us and he was like commentating on the game. It was like, for God's sake, please shut up. Just one of those annoying moments. So this, this fan has obviously taken a leaf out of all the little kids book and, uh, trying to do his best to put off arguably the league's second best NBA, uh, NBA team, maybe even the best. They are, they are playing, they're playing well, the but They just, uh, they look a different team about Russell Westbrook. So
0: MVP in the making. This is his year, I reckon, for Durant. I hope so. I really hope so. I'm not in the LeBron
1: camp this year. <laughs> as amazing as LeBron James has been, I think Kevin Durant deserves it more. Yep. Heck, heck, I'd give it to Kevin Love, but I can't. So you know. <laughs> If Kevin Love drags his team into the playoffs and then they make it to the finals, then yeah, that's okay. Yeah, we can give him the MVP there. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, not, it's not happening as much as we can dream. But uh, you can check us out on Twitter for more of these stupid dreams. Uh, at, MB- <laughs> at, uh, double clutch UK. You can find us on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash double clutch podcast. Uh, the website is double clutch We're on iTunes. Please check out, if you have not already done so, the Peter Vesey podcast, which is, uh, certainly our highlight of last year. Uh, I think Andy, you'll agree. Oh, it's my highlight period of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been doing this for five or six years, guys. So <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. Um, it was weird because on BT Sport, was it BT Sport? I think it might have been BT Sport or ESPN the other night. They had a uh, Miller time on and Peter Vesey was interviewed in that. And it was just weird watching him on telly thinking, I've spoken to that guy. You know, somebody. Oh, I,
0: that was quite an old documentary, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Miller Yeah. That's about the Knicks and Pacers rivalry from the nineties. Yeah. So it's definitely worth watching if you uh, get a chance to rewatch it. If you haven't seen it already, I've seen it like four times. So. <laughs> But, uh, you can get involved with the conversation on Twitter using hashtag NBA in the UK. All those tweets do appear on the website. And, uh, yeah, we do retweet them and get back to you with the, with, uh, comments and things occasionally. Please keep reviewing us on iTunes. We've been doing really well in the charts recently. So we'd like to keep it up. And if you want to get involved, if you want to contribute to the website or, you know, you want to, you've got an audio jingle for us or something, just, uh, send us an email and, uh, hopefully we'll get back to you. But yeah, keep watching the NBA thanks to BT Sport we've actually got some decent coverage this year so yep it's been nice to talk to you we'll be back next week I think we've it was episode 50 next week it's the uh, it's the big one yeah maybe we can try and get some guests on I don't know who but uh, we'll give it a go anyway I don't think it'll be Peter Vessi again guys sorry but I think, I know. I think... we
0: could phone him up and see what he's doing <laughs> do you want to come on and talk to us again <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway peace out bye bye yeah.
0: I don't know if the league
1: has ever seen a big guy who can shoot from the perimeter like you do, but then also can go inside and bang with the guys and get rebounds. Like, how did that all come about? At the rookie transition
0: program, I sought out Bill Russell. He said, "I'll tell you this: 80% of rebounds are below the rim. So you don't have to be the most athletic guy in the world. Don't have to jump to the top of the score every single time.
1: So, you know, when Bill Russell talks, you listen, and well, that was something that always stuck with me." i probably just try to hit you once, get my position and just keep riding you out of the paint. One arm you gotta be really finesse with because you're gonna be able to have to put it right in. And the other hand, you kinda gotta be a, like a gladiator, you gotta be a warrior out there. So it's a couple different senses trying to feel that out.